0: Hello and a massive warm welcome back to the Holtcast. I'm James Rushton. Aston Villa 1, Middlesbrough 0. Uh, the playoff semi-final first leg, bit of a mouthful. Uh, Villa managed to see it through uh, with a bit of difficulty. It wasn't always, always easy. It wasn't always simple. It was a bit nervy as well. Danny Raza, I'm joined by you today. How are you feeling after that?
1: What's so, my man? Yeah, no, I know. I'm well, I'm well. You know what? It was a good first half. Good first half. That's the way to look at it. Can't get too excited just yet one nil lead is slender, but a one nil lead is good and very, very good. Because uh, if I remember correctly, I heard something during this game saying that uh, a team who loses at home in the first leg, uh, I believe, hasn't gone on to uh, win, the, uh, uh, win the playoffs. I might be absolutely wrong about that. Uh, if I am wrong about it, then it hasn't been for a very long time. Uh, now, one thing to say here is that me and James haven't actually spoken about the playoffs just yet. This is the first time we're talking about it. So this is some legit interaction for you guys who are obviously uh we were probably actually wondering whether or not we were going to give you a podcast this weekend but of course we will because we're going to be looking forward to that uh second leg or that second half uh as some of you might well be thinking about it good lead to start us off
0: yeah definitely i think what we'll do we'll wrap up that match we'll preview that we'll give you 20 30 minutes whatever we need to do to uh kind of bridge the gap between the two legs or halves as danny put it and but yeah mate it was uh it was an occasion. It really was. Uh, Going, we'll, we'll start in chronological order. We won't go into the result. We won't go into the performance before the match, mate. I was nervous.
1: I, it was grim. Mm. I, I, I mean, I th- you were a little bit more optimistic than me, weren't you, last week?
0: Yeah, I thought maybe you know a 1-0 loss away from home at, you know it's ramp- the Riverside was rammed and there's only two. they only allocated 2,000 to Villa that's tiny that is nothing and uh, to make that amount of noise you know for 2,000 fans it's amazing but it doesn't it, it rarely happens mate 2,000 fans is, it's, a, it's a pittance so you already had that going against you an atmosphere in football matters whether you think it does or not it matters it makes you know you read that that shitty secret footballer book I assume um <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure it's Dave Kitson and everyone knows it's Dave kittson he's still the facade's still there, but he says as a professional footballer, when the crowd are backing you you make you you perform better you, you, the nerves disappear you you can get to the second ball you can take the shot it's almost like this. Atmosphere, as described by horror writers like Thomas Ligotti and H.P. Lovecraft, is not the f- neither physical or mental. It's just there—a being, almost that you can't sense. So atmosphere does matter in the sense that it's an effort. It's it, you know it's not real. It's just something that pushes you. It's that, that X factor, almost. And uh, Middlesbrough had every right for that match to go their way, and it didn't. Um, Villa's first goal, mate, came very quickly, very very quickly, and of course it was Tony Pulis. First Steve Bruce, Tony Pulis, quote unquote, set piece master. I don't know whether that's his official title (laughs) or not, what he's going by these days. He got done on that that set piece,
1: mate. It was absolute irony. And to be fair, um, one thing to mention is that it wasn't just that set piece that Villa were, were, were best to, you know, every occasion. There were so many corners, so many um, free kicks from both sides. And Aston Villa actually just looked, you know, just a class above Middlesbrough when it came to set pieces. I don't know what happened. My theory is that Steve Bruce has been working them heavily on set pieces this week because we haven't seen that kind of focus on on set pieces uh, this season. Or no, not that I remember anyway. Uh, so like, I, I genuinely think that Steve Bruce has been working Villa heavy on those set pieces. Jedinak was first at the ball uh, a couple of times. And, you know, our centre-backs were doing a good job in there as well. A decent number in there. Uh, and, yeah, Pulis basically got Pulis. It wasn't just for the set pieces. Uh, I, I mean, for me, it was incredibly satisfying hearing Tony Pulis moan about time-wasting and moan about poor football on Villa's part.
0: He was moaning about time-wasting.
1: Yeah, he was moaning about time wasting. I, I you know what? Give me give me your thoughts on that and I'll find if I'll see if I can find the uh, exact quotes.
0: You don't need to find the quote right because I I fully believe it but how can you moan about time wasting when every single throw in that you take enough before you go behind you're having Ryan Shotton carefully caress the football and wipe it down with a, a Middlesbrough branded towel for 15 30 seconds. That's eating the clock. That's classic Pulis Stoke when they had no ball boys. You know, it's classic Pulis, eating the clock up like American football. You run the ball, eat the clock down. It, you can't moan about time waste. And when you're pissing time away from the get-go, it's the it, end on.
1: Well, this is it. You know, Middlesbrough were doing a similar sort of thing, weren't they? You know, they, they like to play with that slow build-up play. You know, don't like to, you know, push... Uh, push on themselves tend to kind of just hope for uh, hope for a counter attack of their of their own. And Pulis himself is known as a defensive king. You know that's that's what he does. That's what he's good at doing, shutting teams off. And to be fair, it was a tremendous defensive display from Aston Villa. I mean, albeit I was incredibly nervous in the second half because to me a Middlesbrough goal looked absolutely anomous. But uh, there you go. I mean, Steve Bruce stuck as many men behind the ball as possible, and on this occasion it worked.
0: I have to say it's the most attractive display of defensive football I've ever seen because it it almost worked, you know, symbiotically with the nature of the game. You know, Pulis is a Middlesbrough team we're attacking and they were playing really dynamic, nice football. And Aston Villa holds that. It was like perfect Watching it come together almost uh, made it seem so much better than it actually was. And you wouldn't say defensive football should be beautiful. And I'm not going to say Aston Villa played really, really, really well, but the dis- defensive aspect of the game was really—it was good to watch because there's nothing better. And I think Adam Clark said this uh, you know amazing Villa writer when he used to write about Villa—and um, there's nothing better. Well, when you're under pressure and you watch a geezer on the other team line up a shot from forty yards out, that is, you know it's—it's it's, everything came together in the right ways for Villa. But that's not saying it didn't for Borough because Borough had so many chances to just you know. They really did uh, take the piss, to be blunt, by uh, not scoring because they had... Uh, Britta Sombalonga had three or four chances where he should have at least tested Sam Johnston. He only tested him once with that point-blank header that, sorry, it should have went in. But uh, aimed it straight at Johnston and uh, game over, as far as we're concerned, in that first half, that first leg.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. you know, there, there was, you know, there were, there were a number of occasions as well where we could have possibly scored another. Uh, but I mean, there, there wasn't many as far as clear chances went to. And I think the other thing when it comes to attractive defensive display, attractive defense is when you switch your fullback around to confuse the, uh, to confuse the the winger uh, on the other side and basically take him out of the game totally. What Steve Bruce did to Adama Troiore should have been illegal. Masterful, it absolutely It should have been illegal. Uh, he, he, he obviously started off with Adama Traore attacking uh, Alan Hutton on the left-hand side. Traore couldn't make it past Alan Hutton despite being, I mean, I will fully go ahead and say this, the best winger in the championship. Uh, and then, you know, uh, he decides to switch him onto the other side. Uh, and Steve Bruce says, well, okay, if you want to do that, we'll put Alan Hutton on the other side too. So they, we took out Middlesbrough's best player and they were pretty much exposed without him. I mean, Asamoah longer looked okay. It looked dangerous at times. I mean, he, Ryan Shotton was the one who seemed to be going forward more than more often than anything. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I think I think Middlesbrough got exposed slightly. It's just I'm I am just slightly worried that we go into Tuesday being a little bit complacent. That's the that's the only thing. Just based on that second half performance.
0: Yeah, uh, Villa did let Fabio, um, the former Manchester United man, who came on when uh, Daniel Ayala went off injured. They like, let him have the rub of the green. You know, no one was putting in a challenge on Fabio at all. He was whipping in dangerous crosses. And, you know, Middlesbrough, just despite defence, you know, you can say what you want about defence, but football's a fluid game and the best laid plans aren't going to work. You could defend with the heart of a line. You could defend to a tactical master plan and it's not going to stop a, a goal going in. You no, know, it, it's not written that you're going to block every single shot. And the keeper's going to save every single shot. So def- defensive master plans are hard to pull off. But Middlesbrough had their chances and they they wasted them. You know, when I look at that first leg, I think Villa had two chances and they scored one of them. And the second from Robert Snodgrass is a curling shot from twenty yards out was going in until uh, Middlesbrough's goalkeeper yeah, Darren Randolph, Randolph did well there. So, yeah, amazing save, tipped it onto the post. Middlesbrough didn't have that. They never tested Sam Johnson in the way through their you know five or six chances that they had, you know, four coming from a somba
1: a somber a somber longer alone. Sorry. What, so, I mean, one of my favorite pieces of play was when Adama Traore skipped past a lot of our defenders. Like he did. Uh, there was at one point in the game where he cut in and, you know, almost managed to thread a pass through in the box, but uh, uh, whoever the Middlesbrough forwarders at the time couldn't get to it. Uh, but then immediately after that, Jack Grealish picks up the ball from defense, runs the full length uh, of the pitch and then just gets it wrong at the end um in in what was one of the best dribbles that I've seen all season. You've got possibly the championship's two most exciting dribblers on the pitch right now. Um in in, in Grealish and a and drama triora. And I think that was uh, that was really, really pleasant to see that from Jack Grealish, you know, not looking to be outdone at all by anybody on that pitch yesterday.
0: No, that let's talk more about that Jack Grealish dribble because look, despite the fact that it didn't end in anything, it didn't end an assist, a goal or even a pass. It ended in a wasted chance or a wasted opportunity almost. But that dribble, it you know, it was Paul Gascoigne-esque. It was someone who, there's su- such a cocksure attitude about him where almost he telegraphs the movement and he knows where it's going to end up. And you just see him ghost across the pitch like he's glitching out of the game, like Nightcrawler and the X-Men just <laughs> poofing in and out. And these people at the Middlesbrough, players they can't do anything except slide in on him and you say oh he might be playing dirty there's nothing else they can do except throw in a late tackle and hope that it takes the ball from him and uh you know I can't say enough about Jack Grealish and how fantastic he, he turns up for these big games you saw it in that semi-final three years ago against Liverpool at Wembley he turns up in these big games and the amount of Sky bet awards he's collected when Sky
1: is showing our games man of the match every game that Sky show him on it's incredible and you know what right I am Absolutely sick to death of fans of other clubs popping up and, and giving it about, or giving it all this about Jack Grealish saying, "Oh yeah, nah, he's he's talented, but he's uh, but he's weak. He's talented, but he needs to you know grow a pair. He goes down too easy." He's like, "No, he no, he doesn't." That like anybody making those kinds of comments, anybody saying that about Jack Grealish has not been watching him play consistently since he came back from that injury. His past reputation precedes him at the moment. Um, that 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 that, that that's. I mean that for us is a positive because it means that if, if clubs think they're going to be able to bully Jack Grealish and they can go ahead and try that, but it's just not going to work. You know the amount of men that, that Grealish skip past in that game, right? And yeah, he does go down. He goes down because teams commit, right? But the amount of times when he can go on, when he can go down and he chooses not to, uh, those are what more those are what are more impressive to me. Uh, and yeah, I, I thought I thought once again he was brilliant.
0: It's just really frustrating to see people, you know, when you praise Jack Grealish, you, you know, someone pipes them and go, well, Diogo Hotta's scored more goals than Jack Grealish has ever scored. And Ruben Neves, is, uh, he's valued more. and uh, you, you know, Brian Sesson going to be England's future. They're, it's almost like you're not allowed to praise Jack Grealish without someone popping up and saying, oh, someone's better. They are better. No one's disagreeing. But we're saying, what we're saying is Jack Grealish is our man. We're going to back him to the hill because... Despite all that's happened, look how far he's come. Let's just say something about his toughness. He wasn't wrapped in cotton wool at Villa's Academy. They had to force him to stop playing Gaelic football at age thirteen. Oh, really? You no, know, there's a re- there's a reason why he doesn't go down.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you can say, oh, he's a you know he does this, he does that, he goes down easily. Jack Grealish grew up playing Gaelic football, whilst all your men grew up playing normal football. So you know, correlate that he grew up playing a, a, a contact sport. Doesn't make sense to me, man. Yeah, he doesn't. Doesn't
1: make sense to he me. He doesn't go down easy. He doesn't go down easy, and he almost looks like the ball stuck to his feet a lot of the time. That dribble for me was just was just absolutely outstanding and one of my favourite moments of the game. Um, I think. Uh, also, I think I gotta I gotta say that that Lewis Grabban did quite well uh, during the game as well. He was okay, I'd have to say that. Uh, it, but it was more the fact that he, you know, gave Villa quite a lot of width. He did. But he did go away from his position up top quite a few times to to allow the likes of Grealish and to allow to allow the likes of Snodgrass to, to kind of go more central at times. Um but one thing I was worried about was when Jonathan Codger came on. Um he worries me a little bit because uh, if there's like he that was the only negative I have to take out of this game. Jonathan Codger seems to go missing and he and he has done every time he's come on over the last few games. I know he's come back from a from a bad injury, but um, you know, if Graben's not doing it up top, you know, let's say we need to bring on somebody to score a goal. Is there anybody there that's going to be able to do that? Is there anybody there who's going to be able to grab that late one for us?
0: I think it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a few seconds on the uh, under-23s who unfortunately went out of that playoff final. Um, just, you know... Uh, a few hours before Villa's playoff semi-final, They played Brighton and they went out, unfortunately, two goals down. Uh, but Keenan Davis wasn't in that squad and I thought he'd be in the Middlesbrough squad to, to the first Middlesbrough. And I think Keenan Davis isn't someone who scores, but he unlocks some wingers. He unlocks Snodgrass and he, un- he unlocks doma, and he's partly responsible for Adoma dragging our side through the mire when we didn't have Grealish. Mm. So um, yeah, Hogan's very similar to Graham because he'll press the back line, but Jonathan Codger looks like he's playing a completely different sport. And, uh, you know, he has been injured. He's been out. Uh, I think this season's just going to be a, a, a write-off for him almost. And that's not a bad thing. I think Villa just brought him back and he's not in the flow of things at all. And that's no criticism, I. It just seems that
1: he's, you know, it's not there for him right now. Yeah, he doesn't need a pre I mean, he does need a pre-season, but it's just one of those where it's like, right, he's not being greedy with the ball, but at the same time, he's not, um, you know, he's at the same time, he's not pressing the defense and he's not, uh, so I, you know, he's, he's not he's not taking anybody on, but at the same time, he's not he's not helping anybody out. There was a lot of times where I thought, you know, we needed to press Middlesbrough a little bit, but maybe that was just that was just me being nervous near the end of the game. Um, I thought Middlesbrough had a lot of possession, and we possibly should have done a little bit more to to stop that. Uh, now, I mean, going into the next game, I just hope that we go in there with a little bit more um firepower and a little bit more oomph because we need to take another early goal in that game.
0: So, yeah, a little bit on a Villa under-23s. They did go out to Brighton on that player final. I think I saw a lot of people being quite harsh on them because it was the first under-23 game they'd watched all season. It was on YouTube. There's some people saying Andre Green didn't look bothered. Callum O'Hare wasn't up to, you know, living up to the hype. Uh, I think under-23 football, you have to give it a lot of chances. and You have to, you know, be very, very fair on these players. And, you know, very we're very critical at Villa of these players coming through. And I don't know why it is but uh it, it's uh a few minutes a minute on that Danny.
1: yeah i mean again it's a shame it's a shame because uh it, it, these are a lot of our players who people um, you know, especially a lot of fans who, who do, do who go to see the under 23s say are supposed to be uh our backups for the first team and players who should be getting more chances than the first team. And when we see performances like that and when we see them not turning up, it just, I think it just worries people a little bit because, uh, you know, th- these these are guys that we want to do well. Uh, So it is a shame that they didn't get promoted, but you know what? They, they, they did well to get to where they are. It's a very, very difficult division to get out of, to be honest, the PL2. Um, it just i mean the pl2 division 2 sorry it just is what it is uh it comes down to to a final game and brighton just 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 um, happened to to do better than us on the day uh i mean i i've seen us i've seen us get disappointed before uh, in in reserve games i remember us losing a final to arsenal before because they decided to whack on santi cazola which was just you know pretty much unfair uh so uh, again yeah I just got to say you know it happens it happens it just it is what it is and we'll just have to deal with it
0: yeah, don't be too harsh on the players. I think it's more about development minutes and uh, getting back to fitness in terms of Andre Green rather than winning a game. You know, these results don't actually matter because the people who qualify, yeah, the people who are going to get Villa
1: promoted might not be in that under 23 team next season. So. What does exactly and 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 look at the end of the day right the these the, the under twenty three game it's there it's there obviously for the players to 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 play some football but the players that are supposed to be you know better than that and the players that are supposed to be coming into the first team they'll go out on loan they'll be playing at other clubs you know green didn't spend his whole season in the villa under twenty threes you know same with the uh, O'Hare. you know some of these players go out on loan don't they and that's 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 really where they'll get their uh, where they'll get their experience yeah exactly um
0: disappointment villa did bring bring the uh reasons to cheer when they went well we did we haven't went through yet but it seems uh you know we're looking a bit more positive when they beat Middlesbrough when uh, we do have a match to prove. You make Tuesday night sold out at Villa Park second leg of the championship playoff semi-final history is with Villa and Ch- Tony Pulis of Middlesbrough
1: has something to prove what are you looking for from this game no I just want this to be tidy you know and I and I, and I, and I want us to not get overawed by the situation um I think Gareth Ainsworth, I think it was last night. Oh, I, it, it's either him or Graham Alexander. You know what? They're both the same guy. Um, I don't know. Whatever, right? Both players have played too long. Um, <laughs> we're talking You're both of- managers now, mate. That's that's, that, that's what makes it even more confusing. I think it was Gareth Ainsworth, right? The longer hair, right? That's him, isn't it? Um, They've both got really long hair. Oh, my hair, God. That,
0: one of them's Scottish.
1: One of them's English. It's the English lad.
0: Okay, so it's uh, Ainsworth. Gareth
1: Ainsworth, right? Okay, Wickham, right? So he was—he yes, in- <laughs> was saying during the playoffs, right? Because they were talking about League One and League Two playoffs as well. He was saying, basically, you know, you you, you you tell the boys that it's, um, you know, that that it's not an event; it's just another match, right? It's a match, right? And you handle it as a match. Don't handle it as a, as an event or as an occasion, right? You turn up, right? Don't get overawed by it, right? Go out there and be the better team. That's simply it. Stop Middlesbrough from from scoring but concentrate on getting goals first and foremost i think if we go in there to try and uh, prevent a one nil uh, it's just not going to work out for us we need to go in get a goal in and that will put loads in fact tons of pressure on middlesbrough uh, and then we can think about the bigger game ahead
0: yeah certainly alan hutton has to replicate that job and uh, it will be a bit harder if uh, ahmed al is uh, of course injured he did pull up with that like hamstring tweak in the uh, away leg so we'll see how that goes but yeah it's going to be Villa have got a bit of comfort they've got a cushion but you cannot 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 slip up in this game because not only are you allowing the first team to have ever won lost an away home leg well the first leg home leg and then won in the second leg away to get through to the final not only only are you allowing that to happen you're allowing Tony Pulis to have that honour bestow that honour upon him we can't let that happen We can't let all this Adama hype. We can't let it all beat Villa. We can't let it be the reason that Villa are crushed.
1: No, No. absolutely not. Absolutely not. They need to turn up on the day, right? In my opinion, this is going to be tougher than the final for the lads, right? Because the final, uh, you know, it will be equal amounts of pressure and on the other team. 1-0 is a very dangerous lead. It's a good lead. Don't get me wrong, right? It's a good lead, but it also puts all the pressure on Aston Villa going into that game. Pulis will be telling his middlesbrough, lads, look, you guys uh, weren't in the playoffs all season right i got you there i helped you get there uh and uh, you know some somehow or another we, we've managed to make it all the pressure's on villa go out there and give it give it your all and do you know what middlesbrough if they respond to that it's going to be a very tough game for us um i'm going to i mean i'm I, i'm i'm hoping that 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 we that we stop them basically and i think we will win 1-0 uh i think we'll we'll get a goal around about the 40th minute something like that. It'll be a cagey affair. But once we get one, I think it will uh, demoralise Middlesbrough.
0: And fingers crossed by the time we next speak, we might be uh, booking a trip to Wembley or looking at a player final tickets, maybe, hopefully. Um, Final thing I need to take from you, mate, is of course your prediction for this uh, home leg of the playoff semi-final. Uh, Last time out, I said 1-1, I think you said 2-1 to Middlesbrough. I don't know. I know I definitely said 1-1. Yeah. But you may have said 2-1 to Middlesbrough. Um I'm thinking it's gonna be 3 1 to Aston Villa.
1: Yeah, I said I said 2 1 to Middlesbrough last week. How wrong I was. Um and I'm I'm glad I was wrong as well. Um but this time round I'm gonna go one 0 Villa. Uh what you know what? It ain't no ain't no better prediction than than the last match. You know what I mean? Might as well just just replicate what happened in the last game. Uh and I I think that I think that's what's gonna happen. I think I think Middlesbrough will will just get under the cosh, basically as soon as we score. Now, I mean that that's assuming we score first. But one thing I have to say with Villa this season is we are very good at protecting leads, and I think we'll protect this one. So yeah, I'm going to go 1-0. Fingers crossed
0: that this lead is caressed like the most vulnerable thing that's ever happened to Aston Villa, like a little baby. I hope we can uh, take it safely and uh, let it foster and grow into a playoff final appearance, hopefully with uh, Premier League prospects in place if we can beat whoever, uh, I think it might be Derby at this point that uh, is looking to really jump up in that tie against Fulham and take that playoff uh, final place and I fingers crossed that Villa can meet them so yeah man it's been a good up here and I think this has been one of our uh, quicker episodes but uh, thanks for coming on today uh, you can find him at DH Raza on Twitter find me at Jammer Russian on Twitter find us at 7500 to halt on Twitter leave a comment like subscribe share do your usual thing and uh, we'll catch you next Sunday goodbye